Hey all, for this and some other episodes, if you want to see the unedited video of the Zoom call, go to patreon.com slash philosophyimprov and sign up for a small per episode donation. Thanks. This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. I'm Mark Linsenmeyer, just a philosophy-experienced person, less experienced in the area of improv, interested in learning that today. And I'm Bill Arnett, the exact opposite biographically. Opposite or inverse? The contrary, let's say. The contrary. Contrapositive. That's probably something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You get the idea. It's in the Joe's name's in the title. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. So much. The double negative of, okay, not the double negative. Yeah. We were supposed to meet last week and Correct. I had three different topics. Okay. And now I don't remember which one of them I was going to do, but. <laughs> well, Perfect. That was my plan all along when I missed the recording time was to get you to not bring anything in. You see how I turned, you see how I did that? You see how, I, how magical that is? How I can turn it into an improv lesson? Well, and the reason I came up with three different topics, because I came up with one when we were supposed to have a guest on, and then I'm like, you know, this is such a juicy topic. We got to have it for a guest. So I'm like saving. I feel like you, I should be giving the dry crusts to, because you've done enough of these. <laughs> Thank you. That I don't yeah. have to have something flashy mm-hmm. to, you know, that a person brand new to uh, philosophy would require for their sustenance. Who doesn't love some croutons on their salad? So don't turn your nose up at dry crust. I had, I had a restaurant experience recently where I had a Caesar salad and it was like all croutons. I mean, I'm not against croutons, but it, this was like a crouton soup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A croutons with a, with a slight flavoring. Yeah, yeah. No, we were at my, my younger sister was visiting and we thought it'd be fun to, to go down to the one of the culinary schools here in Chicago. Mm. Uh, and it's a large, it's, there are several, international, nationally known for sure, perhaps internationally known. And they have a restaurant there where the students prepare the food. And it's, you know, it's not, it's a step above, several steps above Denny's. It's probably, you know, 20 or $30 a plate. Although the ingredients are probably, you're probably getting it something close to cost. Well, that's nice. Well, we had the tableside Caesar. We had to. It was the special of the night. We got to get the tableside Caesar. And here comes the instructor and a couple students to put together the tableside Caesar. And the instructor is just real heavy on the Dijon mustard, which is already a optional Caesar salad ingredient to my understanding. That does not seem like what I understand a Caesar salad. I, I don't know what makes up the salad dressing, but it's not, it's not mustard. You know, and I, I could see it's a, well, we actually just put a, a hint of Dijon. It's like, oh, okay, that's nice. I can see how that works. But it's just going real heavy. I would say it was more of a Dijonese than a Caesar. And not only is this person making it not to our liking, she is instructing other people how to make it not to our liking. And that was also a bit of a black mark in our, in our eyes. We're drifting into the philosophy topic that I feel like we've covered many times of sort of the ship of Theseus or categorizing things or, you know, how many sure. can you swap out of a piece of something before it's still not that thing anymore? I want to keep going in this because <laughs> this is something I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. There's a pizza place we order, Ian's. It's a very nice, uh, well-known Madison establishment. They have like macaroni and cheese pizza and they have just a lot of crazy stuff. I have eaten there in Milwaukee. It's great. Drunken ravioli pizza. Yeah. So you can, they have a similar approach to salads that you can kind of mix and match and do whatever you want. And, so I get like a beefed up Caesar that mm-hmm. has not only the chicken and the normal stuff, but has like the corn and beans, like, cause that's a topping and why not? And add peppers and make it, make it more substantial. But the egg, I'm not a fan of eggs. Okay. Is it a Caesar salad without the egg or is, is the Caesar salad, is the egg the sign of, oh, this is a real Caesar. 
This is the fancy. This is a chef Caesar. You have a crappy cheap Caesar with just croutons and lettuce and a little cheese. I think there's something in that. I think there is something in to be like, we could add a little Dijon. We can spice things up. We can take something away. But when does it quit being a Caesar? I think you probably go through the ingredients and decide what is critical and what is losable before you start losing its character. I don't think all parts of it are equal. You could leave off the anchovies or not include the anchovies in the dressing. Oh, I didn't even think about anchovies because <laughs> I cannot think of a Caesar salad that I've gotten that specifically says. Like maybe that's what uses to spice the dressing and I like it despite not knowing that. There are anchovies in it. Often they're pulverized into, into the dressing. Similarly, there is an improv exercise, especially uh, kind of a warm-up, kind of a thought experiment kind of a thing where you'd have a bunch of people on stage and use with their bodies, position themselves to build a certain object. You imagine you get eight people on stage and say, I want you to, with your bodies to make a car, you know, and two people rolling over and they bend over on the ground like tires, fold their bodies over like tires. And someone else stands kind of between them and puts their arms up like windshield wipers and moves them back and forth. And maybe some people also are, are the back tires. Does that make sense? And you can kind of like, oh, well, it's a car. I see. You've used your bodies to build a car. But I think one of the things that's interesting is that what needs to be is that, well, the car has to move in one direction. And it's like the tires all need to be lined up in a certain way for it to be a car. We can't just have four people being tires randomly spread throughout the throughout the room. That's not going to look like a car. And the other thing is, well, what if the first person thinks it would be fun to be the exhaust pipe? And they just kind of stand there with their hand making a kind of a puffing thing, confusing everybody. Is that the blinker? And if it is a turn signal, which of the four turn signals is it? No, no, it was the exhaust pipe. Well. That's not the character of a car. You know, when we think of a car, we don't immediately go to exhaust pipe. So I think the same thing could be true with this Caesar salad. I'm going to say lettuce right off the bat is required. (laughs) Once you lose the lettuce, I would say. So you can't say I'm going to have a fancy one. I'm going to lettuce. That's just a water transmittal device. I need the kale. I need the dark, the dark lettuces, well, the, the greens, the greens, so, so greens of some kind. I'll, I'll expand that a little bit. Oh, see, I thought just it has to be shitty lettuce for it to be a, <laughs> uh, romaine or lower iceberg. I don't know if they're iceberg Caesars. Caesars but. Yeah. And that's the whole thing where you could put Caesar dressing on, you know, I went to the baked potato bar. Get this. Uh, put some chicken on there, some cheese. They had some Caesar. Went to the salad bar, grabbed the Caesar dressing, put that on the baked potato. It's pretty good. But you wouldn't say that was suddenly a Caesar salad. You might say it's a baked potato with Caesar dressing. I'm just thinking now, (laughs) so if you got this car thing going, Mm -hmm. then I would just have to go out and just stand there and be like, I'm the essence of the car. I'm just in the human mind, but I'm the first one and not suggesting anything car-like whatsoever. Without the essence of the car, you could have all the pieces, but they wouldn't actually make a car. Well, and there is some engineering involved, and there's actually... you need you need the human propulsiveness. That's that's be I'll be a, a brain. So you're saying that if aliens were to come to Earth and see a car and didn't know what its purpose or function was, that it would not be a car. All of humanity has died by some crazy disease, but all of our trappings are left. So it has lost all of the brains that gave it meaning. So would an alien see it? Would it cease to be a car when an alien sees it? I guess that's a a good philosophical question, question, huh? They would want to discover what it is. You know, just like if we discovered there's some random tool that the ancients used and we find out later it's like a, you know, a anus or something that we don't have yeah exactly in that form but you think that that's we would say yeah that's what it was we're not using it for that but it could be repurposed once we discover its many uh flavors its many functions then it's like we would maybe want to use it for that 
that's one of my like favorite things is that anytime we we not anytime but often when there's a documentary about oh we found this ancient Egyptian tomb it's never been opened and we they see all these devices everyone is so awed and in wonder of all these things and like some of them are just like oh yeah Gary just chucked a few sticks in there he wanted to get rid of them and we're like this strange piece of dowel wooden dowel perhaps used in the mummification process yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That was just a prop to keep their butt cheeks apart so we could, you know, just some like gross thing. Oh, and this is also making me think. I just went to a museum. I was in Minneapolis and went to this electricity museum. Okay. It's just sort of built in this old house. And it's not because like Thomas Edison used to live there or something. It's just like the people that used to live there were fans of electricity. I don't know. So they got sure. a I, theremin I, and they got a few other like doodads and they have a exhibit on Frankenstein, you know, Okay. Brought to life by in, in the state of medicine. And one of the areas was like, here's a, a rack of games and toys that like have imagery, at least that connotes electricity. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like a magic, the gathering thing, like from 2005 or like card games. This is a museum, right? Are you just waiting? Are you waiting until that becomes curatable? You know, you don't have to wait that long. It's just if it's something from the eighties, like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And it also doesn't, thing. doesn't involve electricity. It had a picture of electricity on the front, or maybe it was Pokemon cards or something. It had some kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pikachu. Pikachu's he's got a lightning theme. Electricity shows up everywhere, even in our card games. Like, duh. <laughs> duh. Like, you don't have to... Like, the whole thing, you know, where it's like, you may not realize this, but bacteria live in your stomach. Oh, that's interesting. And it's like, electricity, get this, it surrounds us. We know. We love it. We plug things in all the time. I just thought that's funny. Another room at this place, it was like a living room and it had various signs in on the walls that were pictorial representations from, you know, 1910 or whatever of electricity. Like notice how in this one, electricity is a bare chested man. Notice how in this one, how it's a woman holding a lightning bolt. Oh, this one is holding it in her left hand. Normally it's in the right hand, but something that would have been kind of a cool web page or a book or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm but laid out in a physical museum format as things on the walls in a living room to, <laughs> it just seemed a peculiar choice. Yeah, our, our relationship to electricity. Humanity's relationship to electricity, yeah. Or our relationship to museums, I guess, is part probably. Is this museum supposed to make you question the idea of museums altogether? <laughs> yeah, is in the uh, a barbed wire museum in DeKalb, Illinois, the Glidden family. Maybe the Glidden paint, maybe they... they pivoted over to paint. I don't know. But as they remind you, oh, he didn't invent barbed wire. He invented a machine to cheaply make barbed wire. And it's like, okay, well, that, that makes sense. But they had some signs, old, very old, like billboard kind of signs from an era without, without really had barbed wire, where they had to sell it, where you had to like, oh, barbed wire? What is this? Are you saying bob wire? Oh, you're saying, okay, tell me about this. What is this? It's hard to imagine that all things around us at some point, someone had to be convinced to buy it. You know, iPod, I, you have to sell me. You know, what does this do? You know, before it can start selling itself, we had to be convinced. Well, this poster was two cows in a field behind barbed wire. And it was like, this is like 1870. You know, this is, this is a long time ago, 1880, whatever. And the cows are speaking to each other with little talk bubbles in the language of the time. And it's, egad. What a fool we would have been to have ever dared test this Glidden brand barbed wire. I, my friend, many a young cow would tremble in their hooves rather than dare rub up against this in like very poetic language. That should be, they should make a movie of that. That sounds like a great, 
Yeah. I want to see commercials for things. Yeah, As I though they were made. Yeah. Occasionally, like it'll be like the dairy industry or, you know, the got milk campaign or whatever. Things that you don't think should have or need commercials or like pencils, foil, pencils. Like, and it is true. People are probably not using as many pencils these days as they used to be. So if there were only a pencil advocacy, you know, some sort of industry conglomeration Mm -hmm. that was willing to spend a few million dollars, I bet if we move right now, we're going to find ads for, yeah, not a specific kind of pencil. I don't want, you know, random. That's just, you know, some company trying to, I want the pencil market itself. Yeah. The pencil board. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're concerned about their future. The, uh, The trade organization. They have a publication. Yeah. American pencil manufacturer. You know, I bet that there is a trade organization of trade organizations that it's like, hey, how to spice up your newsletter for your trade organization. How crazy would that be? That seems, I'm trying to think if that is, <laughs> is something we could make into a scene or if it is too abstract. All right. It's like, what if, what if it's trade organizations of trade organizations of trade organizations? Well, exactly. Yeah. It goes on forever. I do have a little bit of an improv lesson for today. It's a bit of a redux, but we had said something the last, last show we recorded there was something that kind of came up. I kind of want to. I kind of want to look at. So I'm going to start a scene here, and you're just gonna. You're just gonna have to go with me. Is that cool? Sounds great. I had a pencil. I'm sorry. I had a pencil here somewhere. Let me. I have promised. I promised. I promised. I promised. Look, just give me 20 seconds. I got it. I got. I got. I got. It. Uh, I might have one in the car. Uh-huh. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I got. It. I got. It. I got. It. I just. I need a pen. It's got to be a pencil. It's one of those like you fill in the little kind of bubble sheet, you know, and then we're gonna run that in. With your application, the application can be done in pen and we'll sign that and make sure, but the little bubbles have to be in pencil. I've got all the papers out. I've got all the application papers out and I have this special pencil just for this. See, I thought this was supposed to save time. It, like I had it, it the totally option of doing will. this entirely online and you're like, oh, there's a line for the machines. Why don't you just do this with, you know, the manual thing with the pencil? Because we'll do it on the, on the little, the Scantron form. And then when we run your application, we run the mortgage application. It's going to be in the machine right away. When you do it online, it's got this third party. This will save, this will save us days. I promise. So if I were just going to use the machine directly, I might accidentally ask for, you can't use the machine. We we have to fill out, but if I do it on the thing, then okay, this is where the world has come to. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to run to one of the teller stations real fast and see if they've got it. They've have to, they have to have a pencil, right? Do you guys have the same problem? We In my office, like people steal the supplies uh-huh. all the time. So I would not be surprised if there's just not as any, there's just no pencils left in this entire... Because people stole them all to fill out bubble sheets at home? <laughs> I don't know why, but I think people steal things because they have the opportunity. Don't you think that's mostly it? It's not like anybody needs all these yellow posted notes at home. It's just like they're there and they seem to be free for, for you employees. So why not? They go home and they open their closet and just covered in staples and post-it notes and pencils they'll never need. They don't think twice about like, should I reevaluate my choices? I mean, I think that's when they're drowning in office supplies. I have a pencil. If you'll just bear with me. Okay. Boom. 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 To do. Look what I got here. Dixon Ticonderoga number two. Quality pencil. Uh, let me get this sharpened it's a brand new pencil so let me get a tip on this guy here that's one of them fancy kinds and this is spare no expense this is a this is a bank this is a national bank chain we take things very seriously and your mortgage application this is going to be a life-changing experience for you and i think that's great and we want to be part of that as your banking family now i just need a uh, 
5,000-year-old implement to sharpen this, but you'd think we'd have like a pen yeah. knife or something. Just a little, a, yeah, you know, I, I, usually... Do they let, let you bring knives no. into the bank? Security guy to, does not like that anymore. You used to, my grandfather had a knife, but I'm just a little, little folding knife. You know, this is just what you, what you did. Your situation's just like this. I have a screwdriver here. A screw, all right, what do you think is going to work that, better? A screwdriver? Or I also have a clipboard, and I can kind of put it in the clipboard, you know, the teeth of the clipboard and try to... Just screwdrive this thing. This is a big, uh, a big loan here application. You got a nice house picked out. Is this going to be nice? I've done this before. I, it hasn't been quite this much of a ordeal. <laughs> but you know, if it's there, it's like why not? <laughs> why not just get it? So I'm looking at houses, and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, okay. why not? The screwdriver is working slowly. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'll get you a little nub here. I bet people t- took the the pencil sharpeners home. I mean, that, that's did you have pencil sharpeners here? I've never seen a bank where it's like mounted on the wall, like in a elementary school. Yeah, like probably fifty years ago, it was probably the case. You know, in the or, bank, wow, or the electric one you got it on your desk. You know, so this is working. You got a family? Is it just you? Is this a big big property here? That's just me. I mean, I just. Again, it's like I I don't know what else to do with myself, so I just I go out and I you know I see uh-huh. something like this. I'm like, hey, I can I loans are available. Why not take advantage of that? Yeah, you gonna flip it? You gonna are you a flipper? I mean, if there's an opportunity, I might take advantage of that to to, to flip. Okay, if there are people that are like, hey, why don't you sell me this house for twice what you paid for it? I'd totally do that. But you know, I like to just go day by day. Look what I got here for a bit's a pencil, and it is there is an exposed nub of of carbon and clay on the end which you should be able to fill out the bubble sheet as well as you can all right uh, let me let me try just to, here uh just on the oh oh see how yeah it just broke it just broke right off cracked okay yeah i, I did right. i got part of one I'm bubble here. is that helpful we need all the bubbles under your name, the letters of your name they all get bubbled in you know there's some industries that that are moving to electronic stuff but this is a mortgage we need your signature to make it official and you can't sign a computer screen. Yeah, but you can't sign with a pencil because then you could just like erase it. Well, this is the cover sheet. This is the bubble cover sheet. You know, there's all this new technology available. I'm just not sure why you use, it's just there. Why you not take, it's just take it, take advantage of it. If it ain't broke, don't, why fix it? You know, it's actually, the expression isn't if it ain't broke, don't bother fixing it. It's if it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. All right. It isn't, hey, if it ain't broke, you know, consider not fixing it. It's don't fix it. And I think I take that very seriously. Right. And I ain't broke. And that's why I'm like, let's do, let's just see. Let's submit an application for a loan. I'm not sure why a bank would necessarily want to give me a loan, but here I am. I'm just, I'm an opportunity. Why not? Why not just put some money in my hands? My- let's try this again. Let's try. I worked on that pencil with a screwdriver. All right. And let's just see what we got here. All right. So I got a, I got the L. Great. Uh, oh, my, my wrist is kind of, let me, would you mind just filling these out? You know, you got, here's my, I'll give you my driver's license. You can just fill it out right there. If you can write your name. name, if you write name across the top, I can do the bubbles underneath, but I cannot okay. enter your name. Oh, that's, that's like against the rules to have somebody else enter the name. The, sir, this is a loan. We are opening a line of credit for $800,000. All right. This is an important thing and it is too important for computers or for us to be all will. Oh, you fill it in. You can have control agency over my financial. Life. Well, I mean, I just wanted you to, I could proofread it and just having you do the labor. I'll do the bubbles underneath each I'll letter. tell you what, you're going to give me so much money. Why don't we just, the lady behind me, 
who's been waiting here the whole time while we've been uh, futzing with the the pencil, mm-hmm. maybe I could offer her, you know, a cut to do some of this labor. You know, it was just like I'm the contractors and I'm going to get in there <laughs> to uh, perhaps fix wow. things up before wow. it perhaps gets flipped. You would trust this random stranger. Wow. Okay. I'll look away. I'm just going to look away. And if that's something you want to do, I didn't see it. But uh, we do need to fill out this bubble sheet before we run it through the machine, get everything scanned in. All right. You're going to just look away. All right. Look and it does need to be your full name, Lawrence Matthew Manderbender. It's got to be how everything. Much, how much of this, how much of this stuff can I fit in my backpack here? There's a stapler. There's a, there's a, a, whole, a whole box of pens. I heard something that? jangling. What do you, are you, where's my stapler? What do you mean? Did you just steal my stapler? I mean, it's, was it there? It was, it, well, it was there past tense. It's not there currently. Well, then what, you know, something is there. Like that's just. Well, we had a conversation earlier about taking office supplies, didn't we? We did. I thought you were saying that was okay. That's what people do. People who work there take off. You don't, you're not an employee of the bank. Is that's not what I'm implying, applying for as well? I thought, I thought with an $800,000 loan, First of all, since I have no income currently, my assumption was that you would want to sort of employ me so you could pay me so I could pay back the loan. All right. You know what? Just give me the, give me a driver's license. Give me a driver's license. Yeah. Here you go. And, and you got your, I'm just going to enter this thing in the, in the computer. All right. Now the fact that the driver's license is probably not going to work. Okay. Now the fact that the driver's license doesn't look is written in pencil and kind of just has a sketch of myself on it that don't, where, where did you it's get a real, this? it's a real driver's license. Where did you get this pencil? Hey, <laughs> we'll stop right there. Very nice. I was prepared to have it all work online and have it be approved instantly. <laughs> But that was very fine. I enjoyed where it went. <laughs> I like the pencil theme. I was going very easy, like the character, mm-hmm. on having a coherent theme. <laughs> I wasn't trying, to, wasn't trying to be too out of left field, but just mm-hmm. like the rest of the way that we've been doing this episode so far, just kind of seeing where the conversation takes us. Boom, boom. I think that could be the improv lesson for today. Maybe. I didn't. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but it certainly had pencils in it, but pencils were simply a reflector through which we could learn about, we chatted about obsolescence. You know what I'm saying? We had all these other conversations through which pencil was the central, you know, this inanimate object was the the nexus for other other points. Right. I'm trying to figure out how I got from there to opportunity. Opportunity was the theme that I kept bringing up at least mm-hmm. of, you know, even when it did not necessarily make literal sense. In well, the, you know, couldn't find office supplies, brings us to stealing office supplies, brings us to crimes of opportunity. There you yeah. go. There you go. There is a PetSmart nearby, and we're a cat family. We would buy these cat food, kind of bulk cat food, in these cardboard trays, about the size of a of just standard college dictionary, open-top cardboard box with uh, you know 12 cans of cat food all wrapped up in plastic wrap. And you just buy them by the tray and take them down there. And I would get you know six or eight of these trays and take them to the checkout. And the person running the checkout would insist on tearing open the plastic on top and peeling out one can, scanning mm. it, and multiplying it by 12. Well, now you've ruined the integrity of the package. And the whole idea of having it all plastic wrapped was that I only have to carry six book-sized things. And it's really easy to throw them in a bag. And now a can is out. And now cans are spilling out. And I got it in the car. And it topples. And can't, you know, it's like, ugh, you've ruined the integrity of this package. Like, I was going to make this package a gift for someone. Well, <laughs> I would just you, make it a gift for me. A gift for my convenience. Well, on the bottom of the car, I noticed one day on the bottom of the cardboard, if you turn the whole package over, there's a giant barcode. Like the only writing on the back of this is barcode. And I go up there and I'm like, you know, there's a barcode actually on the back. And oh, no, no, we need to scan 
the thing, the individual can like, really? And after several times of doing this, like, would you mind proving me wrong and just scan the back cardboard thing? And the person did it and it came up. Oh, look at there. 12 cans. Perfect. Okay. Well, guess, but every time I went back, I had to like insist that they just mm. scan the bottom. And it's like, come on. You're talking about having to fill out bubble sheets, you know, and just to, to do so. It's like, y'all, the tools of convenience are all around us. We just have to choose to use them. It's right there. The barcode's right there. <laughs> well, at the very end of that scene, when I was driving, I was very much reminded of that cat food thing and like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to enter this by hand and it's going to work perfectly. And in fact, it's going to work faster. You'll get your approval, you know, before we even scan your documents, you know, some, some kind of ridiculous, like it was there all along right in front of us. And then my pride and ego was now on the line for having to invent reasons why it magically worked just this one time. And it wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have worked any other time, but for me to save face, my character to save face. See, I thought that actually the way you started it, that we would never get the pencil working and that that was like the cash register one from our past that this was yes but decided this was not going to be a frustration scene this is i have all the time in the world but then why would i have all the time in the world because because i'm a layabout who you should not be giving yes that's exactly it if you're like oh take your time it's no problem i've got all afternoon it's like well then me not finding a pencil is not going to work it's going to be what I can get a reaction to is going to be the thing that we're going to chase and we're going to follow and that makes sense right i think you were kind of going for that or in your last comment, you were aware of that. I don't know where things were going when we, <laughs> we stopped, when we wrapped up. But it was a good moment. Me not finding the pencil is not getting a big reaction out of you. Now, my person is not, my character is not, can't find a pencil. That's not a character. That's just a, a happenstance. <laughs> but scatterbrained is a character. Insisting on doing everything by the book is a character. We talked about the Denny's test before. You know, it's a test to see... I'm sure there's lots of tests in philosophy. Um, I'm curious if that jogs anything. But if you think you might have a character, could you put them at Denny's and still have that characteristic, still have that behavior work? And can't find a pencil doesn't really cut it at Denny's. There's not going to be a scene there. <laughs> oh, I can't quite find I can't find my pencil. That's okay, sir. What can I get you for lunch? You know, uh, <laughs> not really a thing. Scatterbrained would definitely work at Denny's. You know, I think every show has to have an episode at Denny's or, you know, an equivalent. <laughs> they might have not have a deal with the Sopranos managed to push it off until the very last episode. Yeah. To have it, you know, because it was contractually Obligated. necessary. You know, as soon as they got greenlit, it's like, okay, well, you have to have the Denny's episode yeah. before the end of the show. So you just can wait. And when you're seeing something, you know, I know it. Oh, these people traveled back in time and they're looking at dinosaurs. Well, they have to somehow get to Denny's or the equivalent. It could be a Baker Square or any other sorts of things. Perkins. Yeah. You're in the greater Midwest here. Chicago's not really much of a diner city. There certainly are diners, but it's not like Los Angeles or other places that I've been that are like, man, there's a strong diner culture here. Is there something about diners that is antithetical to chains? Like certainly there are chains of diners. You know, we've just been naming some. Yeah, But when I think diner, when I think classic diner, it's like bar. It is a independently owned and operated unique name. It's Jake's Diner or whatever wherever yep. kind of thing. And they have their own kind of greasy diner food. Mm -hmm. And so has the corporatization of America somehow eaten into diner culture or is it just, just co-ops it and it's fine? It's like having ye old computer repair store. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't fit. There should be that if there's not that already. <laughs> maybe, at, maybe at the Renaissance Fair, there's you know people who show up with their iPhones and they don't work or something. They got to go to the e, e old cell phone 
That would be a fun, I don't know if the, in the Renaissance fairs would ever want to sponsor a booth. That's just this anachronism booth. Uh- <laughs> this episode has been sponsored by Yield Computer Shop in Buckhannon, West Virginia. That's what came in. You Googled it and there is one. Okay. Well, that's fun. I hope they have a sense of humor about it and know what it is that they're doing. That's funny. I'm somehow doubting that they really play through <laughs> what you're suggesting. It's like, oh, oh, we only deal with Texas Instruments. Uh, you know, 1980s. That would be awesome. You, you, you just only do vintage computers. People put <laughs> yes. their Ataris and their, uh, yeah, just old, old machines. Yeah. Nothing after 386. Maybe it would just be a matter of, I have floppy disks left over from 1988 mm-hmm. and I would kind of like to find out what's on them. So, <laughs> I mean, probably they just have all died because that's the nature of those electronic media. But there is a company it's all online that sources and refurbishes mm. a three and a half inch floppy drives for sale to legacy equipment owners and operators. You bought some CNC routing machine, you know, some mechanical industrial machine in 1985, and it still works if it ain't broke, but you can only program it on <laughs> three and a half inch discs or airplane. Some of the older airplanes, you know, we're still, people are still flying older 737s and 757s like those, you know, if you want to update the firmware, you got to do it via a floppy disk. So this company exists only to refurbish and sell floppy disks. It's like getting a turntable again or something. There's probably, you know, USB oh, yeah. or whatever compatible floppy disks that somebody is selling so you can access all your old, old media, old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. I was able to buy a new record player by telling myself I still had old records from the eighties and it's, I'm not being a hipster following the trend. I actually would like to listen to my old records. That's what I told myself. How'd that work out for you? I want to bought a turntable. Uh, pretty good. Actually, it was nice. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I got a new turntable. It was my one just had stopped functioning at some point, and mm-hmm. some musician I was interviewing sent me his LP. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you could have sent, FTP'd me a file, but all right, this is what you happen to have, and I use that as an excuse to get a turntable, and you know, you can get them pretty mm-hmm. cheap, and they have fancy, they have Bluetooth, they have mm-hmm. all this fancy stuff in them. They don't need the even the normal, it's like a different kind of input that you had to use that had extra boot. Like, well, you don't even need that for this kind. It's got whatever it is built in. That defeats the purpose, doesn't it? To, to like, <laughs> people will buy a phonograph thinking it's like, well, it's, this is the raw analog sound. This is the sound of the studio. It has not been mixed or remixed or beyond the absolute. This, this is the pure analog sound. And I got to run it through a USB. It's like, no, you've just digitized it. You've just gotten rid of the, <laughs> yeah. I compressed all my vinyl into MP3s. Now it's portable. It's like, why? Why? I did have it upstairs, unconnected to my stereo for a little while, yeah. just to use the Bluetooth. Sure. But the novelty of, of having to put records in the thing <laughs> and yeah. resync the Bluetooth, or, you know, was not yeah. staying power. Yeah. I can't yeah. say I've used it a lot since uh, getting it. That's fine. That's up fine. And running. But that's sort of, I think, the story of such something that is novel. Like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to, you know, have a, a, it's not after five and a half discs and three and a half discs, there was the little hard discs. Oh, you know yeah. About, Looking at a mini you know, disc thing that kind of stuck around for a little bit. Yeah. Or they were like, not the mini discs, but, you know, four computers as data storage that, you know, you could fit, what was it going? Five, three, three inch floppies would go on one of these things. Yeah. And so I put all my stuff on there for a while yeah. and I have a stack of them uh, <laughs> yeah. and should get a drive, you know, but it would not become a new part of my life. 
yeah, technology demands, you know, either it's mostly wasted and it's like, I do think of that sometimes in terms of presence, even if the person is just going to have a good time opening it, that's like half the value. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Look, I know you're not going to actually read this. (laughs) I I know you're actually actually going to watch this VHS copy of Roadhouse. It's going to be funny when you open it. That's that's all we need for the... The theater I work at, the IO Theater in Chicago, they've remodeled and refurbished. And the place is kind of a throwback, mid-century modern kind of hipstery feel to it. And they've got new furniture and new trappings and whatnot. And it's kind of like a, a den, wood paneling, you know. And it's, kind of, it's, it's fun and it's better than it was for sure. But upstairs, they have a small little lounge and bar area upstairs with an old CRT television that's, you know, as deep as it is wide with a built-in DVD and VHS player. And people have brought in just rando VHS tapes to play on this thing. And I had something that occurred to me while I was walking past it one day. I saw people had stored some VHS tapes on top of the television. I was like, oh, you can't do that. Who's doing this? And I immediately ran over and moved them. And the people are like confused. And I wrote a little note. I was like, you shouldn't store your VHS tapes on top of the television. Signed, Gen X guy. Because it like it will, it will them erase or them or it will damage them. You must remember that, Mark. You must remember. I don't remember you that. Can't store, you can't do that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel like I have some image in my mind of VHS tapes stacked on top of a TV. Oh, well, uh, but you, you know, there's usually a heat thing or something. You know, you don't want to. There may it may be part of a console where there's a wooden thing on top. It gives it some space so it's not right on top. But uh, <laughs> that note is still. It's been several weeks. And the note is still there. So I'm happy, and I have not seen. VHS tapes on top of the television. So that's nice. This is making me think about <laughs> notes, uh, you know, technology that is used only in a limited basis to presence that are. So at some point, my daughter had piano lessons in this two story building, pretty small, just like a couple offices upstairs, a couple offices downstairs. The piano teacher had put this big sign, like a permanent sign on the bottom, like do not make noise in the stairs. But there was never anybody on those stairs when I was on the stairs ever. There'd be nobody that would be making noise. Yeah. So eventually I just ripped the thing down after, after staring at it for six months. I'm like, this is merely something that is phrased in a way that's setting me wrong. It's just putting out bad vibes in the air and it's achieving nothing. Yeah. And perhaps is a solution to a problem that never existed. Probably, you know. And then is, is it even a solution? Is it even a solution anymore? <laughs> if the problem never occurred. Did you want to do a scene, Mark? Did you want to try to squeeze one in? How are we feeling on time here? Let's squeeze it in. I'd like you to start this one. And just as I started, I would like this scene to, in no way, and I'm, this is, I know, a bit of a redux. This is a theme that has come up a few times, but I enjoyed our prior scene. In no way defines the location, defines who I am, defines, simply is there to define who you are. I am scatterbrained. I can't find my pencil, you know? It only says, this is the kind of person I am in a way that would pass the Denny's test. If you need a moment, that's fine. We can pause the recording. Well, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to start an argument here. I'm not sure why you think I'm trying to start an argument here. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just asking questions. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I just need, I guess I just need the oil changed. I don't know. I just saw your sign with the, I mean, if you're going to be belligerent about it, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm not sure why you're all coming in here. Well, I just making sign, specific demands. The sign was up for the, for the 1099 oil change. And it was just, it, it wasn't there today. And I was just asking, is it still, is that deal still available? That's all. That's all. That's it. Is that deal still available? You know, if it's there, you might as well take advantage of it. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I just did it. Didn't see it up today. 
I pulled in. It was there yesterday. Yeah. So you're welcome to pull on in there and uh, change your oil and then you can pay me that amount. And uh, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good opportunity. The 1099 oil change, you'll, you're going to honor that even though it's not on the board. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a self-serve. You don't need to be ordering me around. It's self-serve. 1099. If you do it, how much is it? Well, what's the charge for you and your, someone here to do it? Oh, I don't know. We'd have to, it was, it just wasn't clear. Talk. We'd have to talk internally about that. You're an oil change mechanic, right? I, you're trying to define me. I am just trying to do my job here, get through my day. People coming in here asking specific stuff, wanting, just wanting things. Why don't you just like, okay, okay, you know what? First, I, I, first, I, I, set the money down and then we can talk about it. We can talk about what's reasonable. I have only changed the oil in a lawnmower. Okay. I've never changed the oil of this car. I don't know where your stock of oil filters are. I don't know how any of the machinery works. I mean, it's pretty simple. All right. This place is called Express Change. If you're not an oil change business, just let me know now. I mean, there's, changes and there's changes. Don't you agree that the best, the most important change comes from within? Wow. We're going there. We're going there. I mean, are you closed? Do you want to leave early today? Is that what's happening? <laughs> you being someone who could handle basic maintenance on a car, like a human, like a man, that it seems like <laughs> I just came from the office or I got my suit on. Okay. I, I don't want to get it dirty. All oh, right. All right. Oh yeah. Mr. Suit man coming in here. Lording over. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Mr. Suitman with a college degree lording it over the auto mechanics who are probably squeaking by with GEDs and a, cert- and a, and a certificate of a three-month hey, I, program certificate to change oil. All right. This is where we're at, sir. I have a BA in art history. I don't believe I don't believe you. I, re- I don't believe you. I, that is the most ridiculous. Really? Yeah. You want me to see me do a little Rothko on the side of your car a little little splashing oil here there let it run down it's okay if you had picked any other painter other than rothko i may have been more inclined to believe you that you have an art history degree look do a little picasso by uh, smashing your face into the side of the car and like smooshing it around so it's got all the angles Right in the window there. Okay, honestly, uh, I was hoping to get this done before. before I just tonight. don't know why you got to be a jerk about it. I mean, if you'd come here, no, jerk, if you'd ask, if you come in here and ask me, not presuming, all right, and just been like, here, I've got ten ninety nine, and I'm wondering, you know, would you mind just coming, giving me a hand here? I, that's all I want. It's just some some basic respect as a human being. You, you want taking off your suit might help. Here. Letting me put on your suit might help. And then I'd feel like, you know, I could, if you want to know what somebody's, somebody to to think like what the, in your shoes, give them your shoes. All right. This is, I'm in a bit of a hurry and the engine light's been blinking for a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take my coat off. I'm going to drop my tie. I'm going to walk over by the door. We're going to start this interaction over. And if we can't get satisfaction in 30 minutes or less, including my car serviced, I'm going to a competitor. All right. Now, sir, can you turn around and look at what's been happening with your car while we've been having this conversation? It's in one of the bays. It is It is sparkly clean. The oil has been changed. We don't even do that thing where we show you the filter and make you judge whether it's dirty enough. We just replaced the filter. It's all done. Are you joking? This was part of the service. No, this was, this part, was, this of was the, part of it. Part of the 1099 is at first, because, you know, we want your experience here to be frustrating on a whole bunch of levels. And so think of the relief you now feel that we don't have to have this, this interaction again. Yeah. <laughs> Very relieved. Very relieved. 1099. Here's, a, here's yeah. 11 bucks. Keep the change. <laughs> Thanks. Same. Perfect. Yay. All right. Well done. Well done. 
<laughs> I do like anything where it's a, a flip situation. You see, it was that way all along. And it's like, that was worse. You just made it worse. <laughs> It was miserable. Why would you put me through that? <laughs> I'm not sure what the, if I had a coherent characteristic, as you were saying, I, I, mean, I guess a person could act offended in Denny's. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think so. I think that's great. I think easily offended is definitely a character. Easy cry. Easy. Any emotion is definitely a character that would pass the Denny's test. Yeah. Easily finds a pencil. Easily finds a pencil. Well, the person who's like super prepared. And has like the holster, pencil holster, you know, or some kind of like, oh boy, this guy's a real, you know, squared away, super squared away guy. I'm trying to think what is the narrowest definition of a character or something. You know, you, you sometimes hear about a, a new TV show or something and it has a very defined Michael is mad or whatever. Like, wait, that's the premise of the show He's going to be mad every time you just see, you know, the first, the first episode. And it's like, this can't actually be a premise for future adventures. This is a. <laughs> yeah. is, so the uh, guy that easily finds or can't find a pencil show. Yeah. Well, again, that's just, that's a manifestation of scatterbrain. I suppose I would feel betrayed if it was the guy who can't find a pencil show, then moved on to other things he can't find, things that he can't find or, or is, is scatterbrained about. I'd, I'd really feel like if it doesn't have the pencil or the lack of pencil in it, what am I doing here? The sitcom dumb person is very common you know yeah but i'm only able to climax if it involves the pencil specifically wow <laughs> that's what i gave to this this show for wow that's <laughs> all right i'm glad nbc was allowed to <laughs> help well you. people so, have <laughs> this you know so like westworld or whatever like you can't have the endless adventures in westworld so as it got beyond season one they had to do other stuff and that's you know people are not going to be happy with that because it was the magic of that particular thing yes. was, was the only reason, you know, that it should not have been a show actually at all. It should just been, been what, yeah, a movie or whatever. Well, I mean, the original Westworld, its sequel was then like Future World, right? Did they do like a? Oh, I guess I didn't know that the original Westworld had a sequel that was. Yeah, I'm not sure how well it was received. It may have been straight to TV, but I feel like it was like a Future World kind of a thing. And then I feel like other TV shows of that era your Wonder Woman's and uh, Six Million Dollar Men and the lady one whose name I can't remember. The Bionic Woman. The Bionic Woman. They all were like, oh, we need to do a show with robot cyborgs. Like robot cyborgs, you know, thanks to Westworld, that was like on everyone's mind. And every show I had to have a robot and you could take their face off, you know, and they're oddly really heavy. And if you, they step on a pencil, they'll shatter it. You know, that's like, oh, it's a robot cyborg. That's how we know. Halloween 3. Oh my gosh, that movie. I had nothing to do with the other ones. <laughs> Yeah, but it had lots of robot cyborgs. It did it? Did it? Did and the faces again, that fall off quite easily? Yes. Come on, let's put some screws on that thing, or attach the face from behind with a screw, and then you just yeah. So how many times in an improv scene has somebody been like, "Oh, my face fell off. I'm a robot cyborg." Uh, not enough. Not not often enough. That needs to come back. That was definitely. I wonder. I bet someone on on the internet has. All right, well, I'm just gonna put that in my pocket. Piled all the, all the robot cyborgs. Like we do, so that whenever anything gets a little slow. It would be clunky on stage, even clunkier in, on a podcast. In both, actually, both of these scenes, I had a thing where I've done something to your car. I've done so, I've something to your desk. Okay. And I'm trying to, you know, ideally in a fully cooperative thing, I'd be like, well, look behind you at your car. What has happened to it? And then you would have to figure out you know, that wouldn't actually fulfill my idea. Yes. And that is, I'm presuming, part of the philosophy lesson. This idea of what is. <laughs> that is what I've been thinking of all along. 
It's been completely coherent. <laughs> Salads, mm-hmm. opportunity, signs that are not useful, mm-hmm. and robot cyborg face. Mm-hmm. What do those all have in common? If you're going to have robot cyborgs, you have to swap them with people of leadership in the nation. That's part of the whole, you know, you got to have the president replaced by a robot cyborg. So I think this whole notion of what is something, when does that Caesar salad stop being a Caesar salad? When was it ever a Caesar salad? Had no one done that before? Chef Caesar did it in Mexico City or wherever he was and and didn't think to name it after themselves or didn't catch on, you know? For for all we knew, uh, he was a a Mexican gentleman, if I'm not mistaken, the chef who invented the Caesar salad. Oh, I didn't know that. For all I know, that's, oh yeah, it's something my mom used to do, but it wasn't a Caesar salad, even though it was a Caesar salad. Was it actually a Cesar Chavez salad? I'm not familiar with the political bent of of the salad. For all we know, his village, oh, that's like how we make salad in this village. So he comes along, calls it the Caesar salad, Mm. and now it's the Caesar salad. So were those prior salads, were they Caesar salads? And are they now Caesar salads? They were proto Proto, proto Caesar salads. Yeah. All this has in common (laughs) is that we've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. We've been doing philosophy this whole time. You, You thought, I'm turning it around. This is episode one now. <laughs> this is the very last episode we'll ever do. I'm sorry. That's going to have to be just for symmetry purposes that we started with. We're already improvising and we've been philosophizing, talking about wow. bullshit about what makes up a salad and free associating. That's what philosophy is. Philosophizing the entire time. That's what most famous professors, they just kind of get up there and they riff. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever wonder about salads? If you live the Slavoj Zizek, he probably has whole. Yeah. It's a, a turnaround 18 months in the making. A long con of, of epic proportions. I, I salute you. And do you, do you salute me so much that philosophy wins the day? I don't think it does. <laughs> to talk about the improv scene, did you appreciate just thinking about you? Now, you're, you did kind of assume the situation that there had been an argument or something had passed between us. Oh, but I'll, I let it slide. All right. I thought as long as I didn't specify a time or place or we can revisit, that is fine. It can definitely revisitable. But this idea of like, no one know you don't know what's going on. You just know who you are, you know, mm. easy, comfortable, annoying. What's going on? <laughs> How about that is the beginning of the yeah, scene. Yeah. I can't see or hear. I feel like I, I can't even feel my mouth moving. I only hear my voice in my head. What's going on? And then I put it on you to figure out. That seems like <laughs> underdetermined. Then you'd have, oh, it's, you've been, uh, your brain has been removed and it's in a vat. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. One of the ideas that we, we don't look for things. We can just uh-huh. launch into something and just meet these people. Like, you know, current trend in hour long episodic TV shows where the episode starts. You just see some guy walking down the street with a newspaper under his arm. Clearly, there's something rolled inside the newspaper. It's episode four. We haven't met this character yet. We have no idea what's going on. You know, very, Breaking Baddie, Better Call Solly, you know, where it's just, who is this person? What, what are they? Ca- clearly, they're carrying something. And it's shot and presented in such a way that holds our attention. Could you believe that there's a new show coming on called Breaking Baddie? I thought that it just would like be too similar. But then, you know, if it's for real, add, is that for real? Are you joking? Breaking Bad esque. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Just call them that. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a, a thing that I will think about in the world of improv. And, sure. Uh, Unless you strongly disagree, I think to follow our, despite my brilliant turnaround at the end with that. Oh, no, I think you won. I think philosophy won. Come on now. God damn it. Improv won. Okay, let's, uh, (laughs) the judge bot, we got to talk about ordering a new judge bot. The dust on that. It still takes three and a half inch floppy disks. We we, we, we need to upgrade. Maybe we can do a a dial up modem update. 
I think, yes, that's the, all the past lessons that we've learned are all stored only on three and a half inch floppy disks. And we mm-hmm. no longer have access to them. I'm sorry. They, we, we've upgraded to uh, Microsoft 360 and it no longer <laughs> recognizes any the hardware doesn't work. The software doesn't work. You might say, we must not have learned a lot because the capacity on those disks is so small. And I'd say, no, what we've learned is so concise and able to be written so clearly and and within such power that little language is required. And in just 20 simple words, encapsulating such magically powerful lessons. All right. I want to invite uh, (laughs) the listeners to write down what they learned on today's episode. I think that'd be great. Email it to us. It's mark at philosophyimprov.com. And I will read probably anything we receive on the next opportunity, whether it be a supporter thing that most of you won't hear or a public thing. I will somehow find a way to humiliate you or laud you by acknowledging your letter. So this is the call. If, I would if anybody's that. actually listened to this far in this show, <laughs> I would like to hear about it. Thanks, Bill. I learned a lot from you today. And I learned a lot from you too, Mark. And see. Hope you enjoyed the show. Get more at philosophyimprov.com. If you want to support the show and not have to hear any more commercials and get our post-game segments, you can see options to do that at philosophyimprov.com slash support. Thanks. Bankrupt. 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 Bankrupt.